at home they appear to be dressed in Chinese opium den outfits with red Chinese lanterns hanging all around them it's a real it's a real aesthetic choice This particular video rip also has the tracking from a VHS video at the bottom. Which I think is very appropriate, honestly, with the VHS head. That guy looks like Buster Poindexter, but also a rockabilly. They have a guy in a Chinese dragon outfit playing the sax. As I was just say, this is an incredible costume. It's really wailing. Makes me think, like. Makes me wonder, like, where did, what were the biggest artists to hit the Conan stage? There's a little bit of that kind of like swing melody from that Aladdin song there. I really heard that. Good afternoon, Brian. Oh, oh good afternoon, Kathy. How are you <laughs> on this Friday the 20th? Lovely Friday where we are recording yes. uh, season six, episode eight, nine. You were Well, B. Let's, let's make it. Let's make it. You're muted. Oh my God, oh. you're muted. It's okay. Oh, no. It's okay. But they could hear me. It's okay. Uh, I was only muted briefly there. Um, hello, Kathy. Yes. I was... Pretend everything went smoothly. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to the audience. 
Oh, it sure did. Oh, Kathy. Yes, it's, it's a wonderful day we're having here on, uh, on episode... Well, if the last one was episode 8, part A, and that makes this one episode 8, part B still, right? Oh, yeah. And right. Then, I said 9. So 6, 8, B. But you were about... Yes. yes. But you were correct last time. And also, so that would make this episode 73, I think. Poe Buddy's Nerfect. Yeah. Poe Buddy's Nerfect, as they say. As um, they say. So Conan O'Brien had a lot of musicians come on his stage uh i wonder if like yeah did metallica ever get up there you know was he like gonna get them on like their mid between tours kind of a promotional thing or they're promoting like a documentary about metallica like what 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 would get like a big band a big group to conan like coolio showing up to conan but is like you know 1997's lady gaga has she shown up to conan well let's see is that share again no that was 99 um, see so well look at look at this in season one uh oh my god what a guest it, holy kicked it the off with first, john goodman Sorry. that's right his very first guest lineup is john goodman drew barrymore and tony randall the following night Brian, the following night, September 14th, 1993. Who is the musical guest? That's right, Brian. None other than beloved band of our generation, Radiohead. So I think it's kind of clear to me that from the get-go, Conan was Conan was dealing the hits. Yeah. He had um, connections, or at least his production team did. Wow, look at that. Oh, wow, Cheryl. Let's see, so we, yeah, so this is 1993. <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies in 1993. How about this combo? Look at this programming. But oh, I just want to like type Three in, days later. I'm going to type this into AI and like simulate this cast combo and the couch conversation like between Conan and these fools. Bob Vila right. and Bare Naked Ladies. What a combo. Love it. Well, and then three days later, after Bare Naked, Bare Naked Ladies, Conan has Mel Torme on the show with Ricky Lake. Uh, wait. Okay. Uh, wait, so, Mayim Bialik was already. That's interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, because she was she was on Blossom. Oh, of course. Whoa. Whoa! I never made that connection before, though. Yeah. Whoa. Look at all of these wonderful... Look, Jeff Goldblum, Jimmy Lee Curtis, Richard Linklater, famed director, who was there promoting Dazed and Confused, clearly. Yeah. Uh -huh. Jimmy Lee Curtis. Maybe a Halloween film. Dick Dale, Four Non-Blondes, Charlie Watts. I didn't know Dick Dale uh, was available to be present in a play in music. Wow, damn, dude. Yeah, see. Oh, Norm MacDonald doing stand-up in 1993. Can we... <laughs> I want to YouTube the Four Non-Blondes performance. I mean... <laughs> no, the... I mean... The Cranberries. Wow. So, like, in my opinion, like, this is, this is like, uh, this is Conan defining, like, uh, music fans of, for a generation here. They're bringing in... Oh, absolutely. Look at these bands. They, they might be giants. Like, a huge... That's a total lineup. 
I mean... Look at this. Originally aired 10 93 There it is. That's exactly the show. 10 93 See, I found it for you. See, ready? Like Are you ready? My favorite thing to do is just like look up. The album Bigger, Better, Faster, More. They flew in from San Francisco just to be with us tonight. So please give us a warm welcome for Non Blonde. I love how spontaneous the show is. <laughs> Ours or theirs? Because we just started. We we actually had plans for pythons we will and get there. We'll... something else. Uh, it was also a p word. Pythons and pickleball. Yeah, amazing. Okay, let's see. I mean, oh, no offense to the four non-blondes. I'm going to totally talk the, over them. The song, Spaceman. Right on the oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really on theme. Mind blown. Mind blown. This is amazing. Wow. Okay. Okay, let's see. Yeah, they might be giants, the cranberries, Jamiroquai. Jonathan Richmond, who was also there at the very beginning of the season, comes back towards the end. Bjork. Wow. Yeah, Bad true. Religion. Three, like I wonder what song, what album songs were. Blur. <sighs> wow. That would have been Park Life. I'm looking for like. Jonathan Richmond again. That's the third Jonathan Richmond that year. Wow. He must really love Jonathan Richmond. Oh, David Telwyn did a set. In '94, this is still season one. Yeah, very different David Tell, probably. Mark Marin, '94, different Mark Marin. Yeah, wow. Cocaine Yola Marker. Tango. Yeah, the Goo Goo Dolls, the Bare Naked Ladies again. Wow. They must have really been <gasps> teenage fan club. Let me see. Cowboy Junkies, Tony Tony Tone. Green Day in 1994. What album is that? Dookie. Wow. Okay. So they're going on Duke Conan to promote Dookie. Yeah. Crash Test Dummies. Oh, look at Cheryl Crow again. Oh, Shonen Knife. They're in uh, mm -hmm. the soundtrack for, yeah, Kill Bill. Jonathan Richmond again. Louis C.K. again. Tori Amos, a tribe called Quest. Quest. That's perfect. I like that. Sarah McLaughlin. A musical artist known simply as Dr. John.
Nick Cave and Matt Seeds, Matsy Star, Bare Naked Ladies, oh, Weezer again. On the scene, yeah. yeah. I'm like Jonathan Richmond. <laughs> but Conan ends the year with, with Warren G. G. Oh man, I know that this gotta be like ninety-four, I think was when he just went out solo. Wow. So that's probably what song? Let me try to guess. Let me try to guess. It's probably because he can't sing. That was a really fun show. That was a really fun like. Yeah, I really like that. That's probably "Ain't yeah. No Fun." I bet you that's the song that he's singing. Ain't yeah. No Fun, but. Yeah. Or no, that's a that's a Snoop Dogg song. Well, let's see. I think. Well, I don't know. Let's see. If I'm gonna make I will find exactly mission. which. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is the thing. We can do whatever we want. We can. Uh, in this day and age, in Obama's America. Do you think that there's a place online, you know, legal or otherwise, I'm just saying this in the theoretical sense, that you could go to find like a specific episode of Conan where like fans have like, you know, posted up online somewhere? Sort of like Seinfeld or any of that? Yeah, no, I'm sure there is. Yeah. There has to be. There has to be. This has to be up there. It's my own personal September 11th. <laughs> Except it's on September 9th, 1994. Yeah. I mean, it's got the official music video. I mean, Regulate would be a good live performance song, but I didn't know if it existed yet. Hmm. We'll go. see. We'll, we'll stay on the oh, lookout. Al Roker. Yeah, that's it. Al Roker was the guest on that episode. It had like a, like a list, like a detail list on that last. Uh... Oh, right here. Yeah. Yeah, if you hit back, the first result said like, <gasps> I think like what the, yeah, there. Oh no! Well, that's oh, the no, IMDb result. The, yeah, I won't say the song. Yeah. Now we've got. I know you're a better internet searcher than me. What am I thinking? We'll 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 see we'll see what we can find. We'll, we'll we're gonna find it. I believe. Oh. I believe in. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll find more. I believe in a thing called Conan. Rest in peace to Nate Dog. Mm -hmm. There's a jaw rule from 04. <laughs> Just toss the search results, toss that in there. You want a hip hop artist in Conan? Here's a totally different one from many years later. Maybe if I put the little quotes around it. <laughs> oh, man. Warren G did Top of the Pops. <laughs> what? Oh. <gasps> Oh, we just we just discovered something very important here. This is like this is institutional information. That's part two. Where's part one? Where's part one? It's probably in the related down below. But... Oh my! I can't imagine how he would handle this. I, I'm sure he does fine, but 
Perf. Oh, I was looking at this man, I was comparing the poster names. Yeah, it's probably. You can search on channel by clicking the little. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad nobody can see what I just laughed at. <laughs> Think smarter, not harder. <laughs> Part one and part two. Oh, here it is. Nine eighteen. Okay. Because that's nine nineteen. Oh, so nine eighteen. Out of respect, they had to wait a week. Don't worry. If there's too much silence or something, I'll cut it out. Don't worry, folks. We have a funny story about snakes later. It's fine. <laughs> I'm trying to move. There it is. Look at that facial expression. Thank you. Uh, this is this Happy is our. Uh, this is our. Nothing spookier. Show back on the Actually, air. Actually, if you could crank up the volume on the video. Guys, yeah, thank you. Last week, here in New York City. And I, guess I want to begin. I said this just before we started taping, but I want to begin by saying that might just be the sound quality of this guy. New York it's fine. The show. It's still picking up, and I can boost it in post. So. For being here, I think it's tremendous that you could be here. I also want to say that that it's it's not my place. It's not what I do to put this in perspective. It's not what I do to try and help us understand what's happened in the last week. I, uh, I make a living acting like an ass, generally. And for those of you who've seen the show, you know that that's sadly true. And no one's looking to me to put this in perspective. But what I do need to do What's very important to do is to tell you that we are a show that's done out of New York. We are a show that's done here in New York City. There are about 104 people that work on this show. And they live here, and they work here, and all of us have been affected by what's happened here. And last Friday, we got together and we tried to decide, can we go and do shows now? When can we go do shows? Can we start on Tuesday doing a show? And I have to be very honest with you, a lot of people felt that we shouldn't, that we couldn't, that it wasn't the right time. And yet, I felt strongly, and a bunch of people on the staff felt strongly that we have to get back to work. It's what all of us have to do. And we also have to come together a little bit because this show 
Late Night with Conan O'Brien is, is not me. This show is a lot of people that work very hard, that, that live in this city. And we, uh, we need to come together and we need to do our job. I will be very honest with you. I have no idea how to do what we've been doing tonight. I have no idea how to do it tomorrow. I have no idea how to do it the rest of the week. I, know, I have no idea how we're going to get back to doing this again. And that's how we all feel. I've made a career of getting in way over my head. And I have never, ever felt more unsure or more at a loss than I do tonight. I will not lie to you. I, I, I don't exactly know how we're going to do this. But we're going to try to do it. That's what I've decided we're, we're going to try and do. That's what Max and the band have decided. That's what the writers have decided to try and do. That's what a lot of people here feel is the right thing to do, is to get back and to just try our hardest to move forward and to make sense of our lives at a time when absolutely, absolutely nothing makes sense. I uh, don't talk about these things on the air. Brian, I have a very important question at this moment. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny that we're talking about 9-11. Uh, I guess not, you know, not funny, ha ha. Right. <laughs> I mean, not that much. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, no, I'm laughing. So no, something. Yeah, funny. exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's because I was remembering a joke I saw on that one show. Anyway, so. Uh, uh, I was laughing earlier because Kathy typed 9-11 to a search box. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't hold up anything. Nothing is sacred. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> So, uh, you know, you and I also often discuss, uh, let's say, uh, our reality issues, the issues we experience with reality. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, we haven't, I don't think we've talked about it on the show, but as anyone who's been paying attention even vaguely to the news, you, you may be aware that... Uh, the state of Israel is committing a mass genocide against the Palestinian people. And so, yes. uh, you know, just some lighthearted shit to throw out there. Um, but last night I was uh, uh, watching scary movies and uh, scrolling through the news. And I saw a thing that indicated that popular opinion seems to be turning against the state of Israel and more in favor towards the Palestinian people, not oh. the least of which was that whole bombing of the hospital or something. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I was sitting there thinking and, and, and people were already starting the discourse online about uh, how we felt uh, when like uh, in the days after 9-11 and George Bush was weighing in, uh, you know, supporting the state of Israel and uh, all. Anyway, it was starting to get complicated and all those things. But I was I was remembering what it was like to be like of age 
in this time and like uh the initial confusion right like and what we know now about all of that that we didn't know then and absolutely etc cetera, etc cetera, you know and i don't know that i like conan reaction conan's reaction here of course is very heartfelt very sincere very genuine and uh, i believe all of these things that he says he's just some like you know jester Pagliacci. You know, he's not even like yeah. Walter Cronkite, yeah. you know, he's he's literally a dipshit, you know, like and, uh, and saying as much and kind of just speaking for his little group of you know workers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like. I remember having for my own age group, I think an appropriate uh, sense of like curiosity, but also condemnation of the United States at the same time. Um, but I don't know that like I have that same kind of feeling now. I feel like I have less of the shock and surprise in my body as the years have gone by since 9-11, yeah. right? Like I, I feel like even with these... Um, yeah, very difficult uh, news stories of what's happening. I am, I am like obviously disgusted by it, but I find myself less shocked by it. And I think like, like I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I, I don't like that at, at all. I don't because I don't think it's me. No, that's the that that did that right. Like, no. Do to it that's not something i've allowed right like i'm i'm doing my best to cling on to like the concept of like uh mm. wanting to be surprised because i want it to not be happening right but like that's a type of denial i'll uh, i'll let you in on something here a little bit i um hold on Let's see. okay there. um on the morning of the Uvalde shooting, um, I was awoken by uh, my partner, Jillian. She woke me up and said, you know, all this terrible stuff that happened. She described the events and everything. And I remember just thinking, like, how, like, completely un... Like, I was just... I was like, oh, it's just another one of these in my head. And she, like, immediately was like, what the fuck is wrong? Because I, like, I kind of like dis- I didn't discard it, but I didn't have the reaction at all. Mm-hmm. That, you know, let's say someone who hadn't lived and you know been a middle school age student during Columbine mm-hmm. and hadn't mm-hmm. like seen all these mm-hmm. things. Like I was like, oh, I've been seeing this since I was thirteen. So now it's like, and I can, yeah, I mean, but, just, but we'd I, but seen then, like, like all kinds of shit by then. It's still completely like fuck, but it's like I'm <laughs> almost incapable of like having. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote appropriate reaction. It's like it's burned out of me or something. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's I and it's I think it's. To, yeah. yeah, and and I, I again, I want to reiterate. I don't think that that's a you problem. You know, I I think uh, it's it, because it becomes a survival mechanism. It by itself, it's like our own way of trying to like that that denialism that we're essentially engaging in right like it is our way of trying to protect ourselves in the face of that awful 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 reality yeah 
right? Like that's it. It's just a coping mechanism, yeah, like right? That, that's all. That's all my fucking therapist would say if my therapist were here. The uh, <laughs> the um, the Surfside condominium collapse, for example, also should have had a similar effect on me, but it didn't. I was like, oh well, Florida construction standards have been a joke for such a long time. So like, there was a. I, I think I've mentioned that since the uh, death of Twitter, I've just spent a lot of ridiculous time on ridiculous subreddits like uh, quilting or sewing or other such subreddits like arborists or gardening. Um, there is another uh, 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 like uh, a lot of home repair subreddits that say things like DIY but not the letter Y, more like the question Y, and like home improvement subreddits and electrician subreddits and all kinds of other ridiculous subreddits. And one of them that has become of particular fascination to me is the Dex subreddit, because all of these folks will post like... Uh, oh hey i just moved into this new house and it came with this deck and i'd really like to put a hot tub on it is it safe and up to code will it hold all this weight and all this like no absolutely not please don't do that it's dangerous and that like beam is really mostly there for decorative purposes um I guess what I'm saying is, is that like, they also seem like things that could be easily avoided if only we looked with our eyes and accepted the reality that was in front of us. Mm. Like, sometimes people post these like obvious, like, uh, hey, will this chopstick be able to hold up this 5,000 pound weight that I'm calling my deck. And it's like, no, of course not. Like, I'm not even a structural engineer and I know that's not going to work. Like, I feel the same way about like, I felt the same way about 9-11, about being like a, a young child. I was like, a, like, you know, I was, gosh, 20 years old when it happened. I was, you know, I wasn't I wasn't like a full grown adult, but I was, I wasn't a child, but I was like, you know, that in that age where it's like, you're not a real person. You don't understand the complexities of world politics. You can barely find shit on a map really, you know? And like, yeah, somehow I knew something was wrong. Like, and I was like, I don't need to be Bob Villa to know that this roof doesn't look right. And I don't need to be like, you know, ambassador to the united nations to know that fucking something weird is fucked up here something like that yeah no i uh, yeah no because i'm thinking oh no yes. your observation of that kind of posting and stuff too like i it, it makes me think of um back at the very beginning of towards the beginning of the show i remember saying that I felt very confident in my ability to predict, which I don't pay attention to much anymore, kind of as a result of, of this observation that you made. Um, I kind of stopped observing a lot of international politics regarding, like, especially r the Russia and Ukraine conflict, because I felt like I was able to predict literally everything that was happening. In fact, I remember posting about the entire conflict happening, like, well before in advance of everything. And you said at the time, when I eventually ended up talking about it, 
that it was a result of just media literacy. And I think that that's true. And it's like the weirdest thing is like you don't even really have to consume. Oh, yeah. wow. <gasps> very so, active very, today. Very, very active. Wow, this is unprecedented. It's okay. It's okay. It's, they have a lot to say. They've got, you know, that's that's their job. I can't be mad at them for it. Welcome back. Hey there. Well, me... I just paused. Oh, okay. It just means that I have to uh, edit. That's it's okay. That's what Doc was like earlier today when we had the swamp cooler guys come by. Yeah, it's like um, I turned down some white noise earlier, and I wonder if that allows her to like hear more stuff out by the road or something. Not sure. Mm. Um, so I have some things here. Yeah, I want some real articles. I want some news. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> it's a ghost town. Pythons devouring other species in the Everglades. Catching pythons is less about skill and more about technique, at least according to Toby Benoit. The writer, novelist, and python hunter from Inverness set out for this year's 2023 Florida Python Challenge with a mission. With a team of first-time python hunters, Benoit led the group through the darkness of the Everglades. For thousands of years, the Everglades have served as a vital ecosystem for many reptiles, amphibians, and mammals. However, since Burmese pythons started showing up, nearly 90% of the mid-sized mammals in the Everglades have been wiped out. According to experts, their wide-ranging appetite has led the python's population to grow and has made it unlikely to be eradicated. I remember the Everglades being this wildlife wonderland, Benoit said. There was just herds of... Let's get a 10A. Oh, no. Did I... Where's 10A? Oh no, Benoit. Oh no, 10A. 10A, hold on. Hold in the on. meantime, I have yes. put on a put on. a YouTube video on mute. Just 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 to give you and I some Python <laughs> Python footage. I'm just gonna pull it up on the website here. <laughs> News press, why are you dividing? No, we can we can we can edit it. We can just cut until yeah. you're yeah. at the at the, at the reading. In the meantime, I am just watching Python footage. <laughs> but I don't want to watch. Uh, uh, Pythons. Uh, let's see. I really like this guy. Okay. Snary. I really like this guy who's uh, like, he's clearly the narrator of the Python PBS video, but he's talking into the camera like he's like a YouTube influencer. He's got like that look, like he's kind of cool, but not that cool, you know. But he doesn't really look like a like a like a nature guy because he's not wearing like 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 the nature vest. He's wearing like he's about to go out to the bar. Is how he's dressed. Like, and he's also like in a dimly lit room, like as if like you just ran into him, like in line at the bathroom, and he's like, "Oh, are you here with someone?" That's what the host of this show, Python show, looks like. Here it is. Okay. I, thank you, Kathy. Thank you for filling. See, these, pe these people are wearing high visibility vests. They absolutely 
look like they're in a jeep the other guy was like at a like in an elevator at a high-end hotel <laughs> oh now i'm looking at this oh wow yeah this is great we're going through we're strolling through what's the largest python you ever caught well i think this man's about to say he caught a bigger one Oh, it looks like they just took the guy from the elevator and put a high vis. He's from the uh, South Florida Water Management District Python Group. Yeah, this is that's us. That's our. We're the South Florida. That's so funny. Oh, well, that's our government institution. But yeah. Well, these are all the Python experts. That's cool. And uh, oh yeah, they're all those those water people are all nature experts. Just because. Yeah, no, I mean totally. See, I'll bet you they also know a lot about birds. Oh yeah, because they're just out in the <laughs> wild. They're out in the wild all the time. It's true. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna. Oh, there's an alligator. Okay, so I found the article. They know what they they know what migrates when. Okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, they've seen an animal or two. Okay, according to experts, the python's wide-ranging appetite has led to its growth and made it unlikely to be eradicated. I remember the Everglades as being this wildlife wonderland. Benoit said. There were just herds of deer. You could go down to the levees. You see bobcats, possums, raccoons, birds out of the National Geographic Study of Africa. It was you just say raccoons? I said raccoons. Is that what the? That, but but that's raccoons, right? That's I'm raccoons. just being clear. Yeah. So but that's how Flor Floridians say it. Yeah, we're 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 likely to like. Um, I mean, you'll hear people say raccoons for sure, but you're you're gonna if they if the Florida accent mm -hmm. is anything it doesn't sound like anything in particular but sometimes you're cutting out syllables sometimes you're slurring things together a little bit because we're all interesting lazy and sleepy um since yeah the, interesting since the python invasion the everglades is a ghost town he said after five years of python hunting benoit realized how quickly pythons adapt to their surrounding environment i think the best advice i received was don't focus on looking at everything to be a snake start focusing on everything that doesn't look like a snake said Benoit. They have the greatest camouflage pattern in all of nature. During the 10-day 2023 Florida Python Challenge... It's very zen. I like that. I like <laughs> yes, yes. He's like, uh, don't uh, don't look where the wax is. Look where it isn't. Or no, the hockey puck. The Wayne Gretzky <laughs> quote. Uh, <laughs> look where the puck's gonna be. That thing. Yeah. Uh, quoted to Michael Scott. During the 10-day 2023 Florida Python Challenge held August 4th to 13th, competitors wrangled about 230 snakes. While many competitors were likely tempted by the $10,000 prize, others like Benoit were in it for the wildlife. Benoit is just one of the warriors in the fight against the Burmese python population. Dozens of wildlife biologists and reptile experts have dedicated countless hours to stopping the spread of these destructive pythons. <clears throat> We have a generalist wow. apex predator that is disrupting the neutral uh, balance across the greater Everglades ecosystem, said Ian Bartoszek, wildlife biologist and environmental science manager for the Conservancy of Thoughtless Flora. That's us. It's funny that the Palm Beach mm -hmm. Post is quoting our source. Uh, mm -hmm. Bartoszek and others conservancy use radio telemetry to track pythons. So basically, the whole thing comes down to uh, pythons. They've removed about 5,000 pounds of the pythons. Uh, the issue isn't going away. They're asking for more observers from uh, universities to come out there. Let's see. And I'm going to see if the article actually covers the source of them. Oh, my God. She's totally wearing the Python like a Britney Spears video. 
<laughs> Literally, I was just looking at it. It's so funny. A lot of people had jobs in addition to this python hunting because it didn't pay much. But for... Oh, wait. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Hold on. I mean, I'm going to have to start above this. Indiana real estate broker Amy Seaway came down to check out the problem when she heard about it. But after catching her first python, she was, quote, totally hooked. She was so compelled by the python problem that she moved to Naples to start full-time python hunting. This is insane. This is one of those things, quote, this is one of those things like, I don't know how to do an Indiana accent, but pretend I am. This is one of those things like when you know what your purpose is, you just know, said Seaway, a professional python hunter who has picked up a self-proclaimed, I might add, professional python hunter, who has picked up a nickname, the Python Huntress. She too works with the Florida, uh, the, excuse me, the Fish and Wildlife Control in the Southwest or the South Florida Water Management District's programs to catch pythons. A lot of people had jobs in addition to this python hunting <laughs> because it doesn't pay much. But for me, I didn't. So, um... <laughs> for four years, Seaway caught pythons with the Water Management District's program. Recently, she said she began guiding python hunts unaffiliated with those agencies. <laughs> now, she's a, a rogue python hunter. I made more in the first month. No, she's just a free agent. Oh, excuse me. You're right. She is a free agent. You know, just she's, you know, she's she's, she's a mercenary. She hasn't gone rogue. She's, she's she's not doing it like illegally. She's, she's not a, being like a po right. python poacher. Yeah, she's a she's a, a a snake hunting bounty hunter. Uh, huntress. Huntress. Excuse huntress, <laughs> sir. Excuse me. A snake bounty huntress. I made more in the first month than I used to in a whole year contracted by other programs. That's incredible. This lady fucking rocks. I actually totally skipped this part. I am stunned. I am stunned. With 400 pythons caught over the past four years, Seelay is one of the state's top hunters. She's learned their patterns and where to find them, although it's not easy. She's been bitten dozens of times. <laughs> How is her picture not on the front of this fucking newspaper article? What's her name? Give me her name. Amy Seaway. S-I-E-W-E. -E. She must, like, post on her own social media. S? S-I-E-W-E. Uh, -E. And she's known as the Python Huntress online, actually. Like that's Okay, S-I-E. W-E. Amy Seaway. But, yeah, she just... She's you knew how to pronounce that? I would have had no idea. I would have said Seaway. I, I think there's a lot of people in Florida who have uh, names from different regions really? of the country. And maybe I... You know, and my name, you know, my name's all wacky, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, I guess that's true. Wow. I'm conscious of people's Florida. names. <laughs> wow, Florida. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, I've learned something. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to try to get this figured out because we're going to lose animals and birds and you know this can change the entire ecosystem in ways we can't comprehend that's the end of the story oh so there's really no story about the best thing in the story amy seaway or whoever her name truly is the python huntress uh we will keep track of the python huntress we're gonna know maybe kathy's looking at more about her right now but uh, she's a fascinating lady and what a surprise it's not even when i was reading i just thought it was crazy so so the big deal is with the pythons here in florida some of the article didn't go into it because i think that everyone in florida kind of already knows this although it would have been good background information is that the reason that pythons are such a big deal in florida is because people used to go dump their pet 
you know, boa constrictor or ball python here in the uh, Everglades because they would be like, oh, well, we got this at the pet store. They must be getting it from somewhere. That's not true at all. They come from like Brazil. So uh, there in Florida's history, before people started buying snakes as pets, there were never uh, these creatures in the Everglades. <laughs> it's literally what it is. And now the Everglades are completely overpopulated with these uh, pythons and they're killing everything. So that's that. And that's why this lady... Amy Seaway at the Python Huntress on Instagram, professional Python hunter and guide, best-selling author, adventure with me from the bold snake catches to the stunning leather products. Okay. I mean, it's a completely... You can, at any point, much like alligators kind of in the United States, you can pretty much just blow them away at any given point. These things are massively overpopulated. So, Yeah. As yeah. the article states. And they're not even native to Florida at all. It's pretty wild. Oh, wow. Yeah, she goes out there at night. The Python Huntress. No, it's probably like those, um, you know how on the East Coast, have you heard of those lantern flies that are infesting everything? No, tell me about this. Like like fireflies or something like that. No, they're they're actually this really kind of pretty oh, look at that. Yeah. bug it's called yeah. the spotted lanternfly. Fascinating. But they're native to China, and they are highly invasive. And you're supposed to report it the moment you see it. Okay, I'll note that. Uh, first detected in Pennsylvania. The spot spotted so it's like starts as these bugs starts as these bugs interesting yeah i'll keep an eye out i spend a lot of time looking at my uh my greenery so connecticut delaware indiana maryland massachusetts michigan new jersey new york north carolina ohio pennsylvania rhode island virginia west virginia most states are considered at risk what exactly is that risk? Um, basically, all bunch of crops. Almonds, apples, apricots, cherries, grapes, hops, maple trees, nectarines, oak trees, peaches, pine trees, plums, poplars, sycamores, walnuts, and willow trees. Damn. Signs and symptoms. Plants? Plants get really sad. They ooze and weep and have a fermented odor. There's a buildup of sticky fluid on the plants and on the ground underneath the plants, and there's a sooty mold. Oh. Uh, you should basically burn everything. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, so I'll take a look out for that. I did notice a little bit of something happening on uh, some of my hibiscus, and I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but then it went away after a big rain kind of washed it all off, so I don't know. It looked like it would have been like a, I don't know, a mold or something, maybe. Smash spotted lantern flies. Do not, with the, I'm reading from a USDA <laughs> card that Kathy just pulled up. Smash and scrape egg masses. I would make that the name of the episode, but it's too gross and people wouldn't click on it. Oh, you should put smash and scrape egg masses into the AI thing. <laughs> Uh, 
you know, I think they did finally give us a way to like have a chat GPT like multiplayer. You know what I mean? Like where we can both like mm-hmm. chat in the same. I still have to figure it out though. I think I can hit like refer a friend and like invite you into my group so we can like both chat. But, but we'll get there. Okay, so that was on Pythons. Yes. Oh, and then uh, we also have a little bit of uh, local news here. Pretend there's a local news theme playing. Wouldn't that be funny if we had themes? Maybe I'll work on that. Um. <laughs> mm. Mm. So uh, you may have remembered that I. This is actually. Oh! 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 Wait! Hold yeah. On. You just you can just play the beginning of a YouTube video or something. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like this. I'll finish my computer. Okay, go on. That's it. No, I love it. That's it. That's how we should do it. Every time we get to the news now, that's what we do before we do it. Yes. We just abruptly chop it off. Too. It's so everyone at home may remember a story that I've covered before about our local uh, civil disobedience and arguments at the uh, city hall about a very strange... Uh, not unimportant foible that they everyone loves getting mad about the pickleball situation around town. Everyone's, Thank you for going down to your city council, by the way. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> always getting mad. Oh, I appreciate all those people. It's true. Uh, I understand why you don't want to pickleball anything. Um, it is a giant scam run at the top by a bunch of investors who are trying to turn pickleball into the, the next big uh, gambling thing. It's the whole... Scientologists, if we're being honest. It's basically, it's basically what we're getting down <laughs> to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and read this. J.C. Park plans moving forward. So we already know how the vote went. Several Cape residents have voiced opposition. Many, many, many <laughs> residents, but enough. And But the thing is, they're opposing it for reasons that are like old people. They're like, it's going to be noisy around here. People are going to have fun. They're going to dance yeah. at the rec center. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not like because it's a giant scam or anything like that. <laughs> or that the people who play tennis won't have a place to play tennis anymore because they're just going to like paint tinier squares. Several <laughs> Cape residents have voiced opposition. Despite opposition, Cape Coral officials are marching forward with J.C. Park improvements, though a construction day for the project seems likely far away. I've listened. Plus, this also has a, a run-in with, um, I believe, the guy that I ran into uh, going there when I was voting that day, the mayor. Or the, oh my this God. other guy, Tom Hayden. Yes, Tom Hayden. I ran into him when I was voting, too. Uh, don't remember his deal. I listened to all of you. I disagree with you on this one, Councilmember Tom Hayden said when addressing where he stood on the improvements. As far as this park is concerned and the enhancements that are coming to it, I like them. Pannoni Associates, a consulting engineering firm, has been contracted for the preliminary and updated designs for the park at 4215 Southeast 20th Place, which has been met with opposition by neighboring residents located on Beach Parkway, which is notably where kind of the original, um, let's say, condo, uh, retirement condo investment properties were 
in town. So this is like if you oh, imagine, if you imagine in your head your great aunt, your grand great great grandparents, whoever they were living down in Florida in a condo. This is the picture of that. This is like the definition of an old people living in a condo where they have like a shared pool and they, you know, it's kind of like a C shape. That whole idea. That's what every single one. Mm -hmm. is. That's what this is. All these people. That's awesome. It's like that's know, awesome though. It's like it does. Yeah, it's you know it's Florida retirees. They want their tennis, I guess. Yeah, they um, deserve it. Yeah, why not? Uh, an updated concept for the park was unveiled this week that in, uh, included hundreds of new trees, which is cool because it was a pretty treeless park. Additional features for disabled people and tightened parking. These are all good things. Ultimately, mm -hmm. this is a, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's just a park being used for new things. This design yeah. includes original concepts for two docks, both at the north and south ends, and for 24 boat slips and a splash, a splash pad. A bistro slash piazza area, which is my, the funniest thing to me is I like That's the amazing. idea of having a bistro slash piazza area. And a band Well, you show. know, because you can go there and get a cup of coffee or a cup of juice and yeah. sit there with 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 the gals and there'll be a lot of shade too I and mean, that's kind of the idea with mm -hmm. these trees and stuff i think it'll be really nice and they're mm -hmm. gonna have a, a band shell so there'll be like outdoor concerts and stuff which is you know like um you know santa fe has put up that thing but we don't have anything like mm -hmm. that in coral we never have had like a you know this is a public city space for like you know public music presentations yeah. or something yay finally they're doing yeah, it it's cool um and that was pretty much it. Uh, I hope all that all you're in disagreement with it will at least give it a chance and see how it works. And don't push aside what I believe in uh, the future will be a benefit for our community, Hayden said. Over two dozen residents spoke to the city council about their opposition, blah, blah, blah. We all ignored them, and it all went through. So there you go. We have pickleball, but also I think yeah. we've developed the largest city park into something, or we will develop, hopefully, something into something people actually use, who not just p people who live in the neighborhood, which would be nice. There you go. Wow. That's what I got. So, yes, pickleball. You win some. Pickleball, you win bad. Some. Um, usable city park. Good. So that's nice. Um, but, yeah, that's that's basically what happens. And, of course, at the top was uh, – top of all these headlines was the thing we were talking about earlier. So. Yep. Okay. So, Python. Yes. Pickleball. Pickleball. Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Mm -hmm. Let's see. We're going to see which of these uh, oh. musical guests from season two, Brian, we're going to see which of these jump out at us. Anyway, I'm also going to say a couple more things, by please, the way. Please do. Um, yes. I the, don't want to. No, of course. Uh, the news is awful. Yeah. Uh, but I have to like, like it's my job to stay on top of the news and I appreciate because it's it. also election season. And so I'm going to try to not talk about the news too much. But I am going to say, like, uh, I'm glad to see that, like, uh, more people are kind of coming to realize I feel like something. Uh, I feel I feel like I've been blessed that I have a lot of friends who are Jewish and progressive and they have constantly upheld the right of Palestinian people. And I feel like because of them, I've been able to learn quite a bit. I've also had some friends who do not share that belief, and I uh, I miss them, let's just say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I hope that they're having a moment of uh, epiphany at the moment. I, I you know, but... Um, I, I really don't have too many friends, so... 
<laughs> I don't have well, if you did, to consider. if you did, if I did, you 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 way. you would you you would feel the same way that every uh, every great every moment that there is some great news event that you are going to have to confront that you are facing someone that you did not actually realize you think you knew, right? I mean, I yeah, say this a lot, but but principles don't mean anything if you abandon them. Right. So, uh, yes, what you said in the past doesn't matter. You know, if you... Yeah, no, it's especially in that moment. Right. This is our moment to say and believe things. And I, you know, I encourage all my friends to say and believe things. And as always, I encourage you to go yell at your city council. So and I would say that's more it. Things if I was felt smart enough or educated enough to talk about some of them. Well, maybe I'll get there. Yeah, you know, this we, we've talked about this too. I, I don't, I, I frankly don't know enough about it to really have an opinion. Yes. I have a gut reaction. Uh, I, 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 I don't think that people are, I, I mean, it's part of our reality issues, I think, right? No, like, it's, we're, it's on us we're people who are trying to cope. To then also process some, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I think, uh, Season two, Conan O'Brien has much to teach us too. Yeah. So, how many episodes they had already done? So, season one was two hundred and thirty episodes. Two hundred and thirty episodes, like day after day, and then the next the next year it was two hundred and twenty nine. You can see they slowly start to taper out around 150 160 yeah. some years more prolific than others who knows maybe writer strikes and reacted and interfered and things of that sort who knows yeah, totally. who knows brian but in season two again conan as always late night with conan o'brien still not the best of late night time slots right but still he's pulling in big names and yeah. i think names that are ahead of their time even classics right but uh here we have as musical guests dick dale again seed the uh, collective soul yeah i don't know what, what that is that, is. that german band Paged? Seed that sings about weed i don't know well, i don't know because it's in red here at the uh old wikipedia page band pages not exist yeah dana gould wait this the person <laughs> the person you see person good musical cast. yes yeah rose <laughs> the laughter is the song <laughs> the okay the violent femmes we start to see we're not coming out as strong here no, on on by no. by because here we are. Yeah, he gets. Oh, I see what back. they're doing here. Oh, yeah, I see what they're doing here. Oh, okay. But uh, <clears throat> no, I'm not seeing the same list of names that I saw last time, like in the first year. Yeah. What What did they do? Did they lose their music programmer or something? Did they like? Yeah, perhaps. Oh, they got war. That's like the most significant. No, Robert Earl Keane. But yeah, not much. I mean, Tito no, Puente. I, oh, Almond Brothers. That's kind of a Todd <laughs> Ween. Ween yeah. And Primus. Oh my God. Within okay. like two weeks of each other. Okay. Primus is kind of cool. Let's see. Yeah. I'm not seeing like the thing will be like, wow, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> the band. I'm sure you get 
Okay, the roots in 1995. Okay, okay. Wild. Yeah, I'm not catching. I'm I'm looking. I'm not like. Faith no more in 1995. Mary J. Blige. The Rembrandts were they there to like play the friend? Yes, they were because it's NBC. They were there to play the friend song, probably. Our Lady Peace. Oh my God, I haven't thought about that. Alex Chilton. Oh look, the Squirrel Nut Zippers in 1995. This is starting to explain everything. Yeah. An early Ray Romano. (laughs) Musical guest right now. Shaggy, Shaggy wasn't me, but was that? Oh, Mr. Mr. Von Basak, of course, too. Wow, wow, fascinating, yeah, yeah, interesting. Conan, let's see, let's see. You know, we learned something here. We're looking, about, Learn, we're, learned. Are we mm-hmm. learning about the musical contract industry? Like, what guests can get, what hosts, of what level, how this, like... huh. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, this doesn't. This didn't make that connection. We should. I. I should. I should go back and edit these. Yeah. And be like the musical director at the time was. Okay, number three. Uh. Chief Trick. I see on there. From nineteen ninety. From September eleventh, nineteen ninety five. Okay. <laughs> a lot of a lot of interesting threads. Wow. Yeah. To September thirteenth, nineteen ninety six. So yeah, we're still quite some time away from the world of September eleventh. Uh, let's see. Kilo, Deep Blue, something, Joan Osborne. There's so many times when there aren't musical guests at all, and there's like a comedian. That... Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Brian. <laughs> they had Brian McCann, the Atlanta Brave, on that. <laughs> um, he's like a hall of famer UB40 cheap trick <laughs> big audio dynamite seven mary three better than ezra ben folds five maybe that is this just a statement in 1996 he gets no doubt is this simply mm. a statement of uh of the quality of music that existed at this time yeah. Lisa Loeb. Yeah. Right. Bad Sonic Youth. And... Oh, Sonic Youth. Corey Amos. I'm just surprised. I'm surprised. Booty. Yeah. Shania Twain. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, or maybe his, uh, his cachet wow. is still growing. His, like, I'm Conan O'Brien. I was a Simpsons writer, but now I'm still like a C-level, you know, I'm unknown kind of performer. From 1996 to 97 season, he starts off with The Cure. Okay, well, that's a big step up. Big step up. That's a, probably the biggest artist he's had other than Kiss. We get down to Los Lobos. The Brian Setzer Orchestra, the Crash Test Dummies. Phil Collins. Okay, that's, that's Carl cool. Perkins. Ani DeFranco. Okay. 
Chris, Chris Isaac, Isaac. the two Chris Isaac songs you know. Jonathan Richmond. Tracy Chapman. Okay. Um, that bare naked ladies that's again. Their, like seventh appearance. <laughs> the presidents of the United States of America. Oh my god. Rodney Danger in nineteen ninety seven. Oh my gosh. And then Jennifer Lopez was supposed to be there in nineteen ninety seven. But she couldn't. Due to time constraints. Wow. They should have let her. Yeah, she got like ready to be on a TV show and they're like, oh, Jennifer Lopez? I'm sorry. Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, wow. Okay. I guess it's 1997, so. Oh, wow. David Bowie. Well, there's his like probably biggest guest, maybe, at that point in his career. Fiona Apple. Is Pavement, Jamiroquai. Like dude, is he is he like canceled? Is he like from the past? No, he's okay. he's, he's just good? dead. Okay. <laughs> he's great, he's just dead. <laughs> Perfect. Wilco. Wow, still none of these have been like. Let's see, I mean, but Radiohead was on there. They they must have done Creep. Yeah, but that's exactly. It's so it's so funny where you can see James Taylor. That's such a, f- a funny matchup. Right after Cindy Lauper, <laughs> but before and Ani DeFranco. Okay, so he's he's getting some real, some progression here. Uh, squirrel nut zipper. Oh my god, Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when worlds collide. Right? I'll bet. Oh my god, amazing. I'll bet you that's what it's like when worlds collide over on the corner of Bruce Springsteen and Power Man 5000. <laughs> what say you, Max Weinberg? Yeah, he's and there the too. He's seven. Like playing bass, like... Yeah. As they like. Elliot Smith. <laughs> Look at this pack stage Jane Seymour, right? Will Ferrell and mm-hmm. Hanson. What an episode. I would watch that mm-hmm. right now. My God. What a 90s episode. Yeah. In 1998, what is Will Ferrell there for like... What is he even, oh, SNL, maybe. NBC. Yeah. <laughs> Christine yes. Christine. Oh, there's some good... Lisa Loeb. Michael there. Stipe. The Deftones. Oh, nice. Okay. Pulp. This is a 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. they're singing that. Eve Six, Jonathan <laughs> Richmond. Uh, Eve Six, so that was 1998. I was listening to that music in 1998. That's crazy. I really have to reform. That means I was getting my first CD, not in 1999, but probably 1996 or 7. Then. That totally reforms the timeline in my head. It's funny. Season Six, Bare Naked Ladies, Squirrel Nut Zippers, Billy Bragg and Wilco. <laughs> They're practically like... Cake. Motley Crue, Cheap Trick. Yes, Motley Crue. That's amazing. Yeah, there he's he's really like up now. REM, huge. <gasps> Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach. In one, they must have made like a duo album. Duo. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Wayne Newton. Wow. Jeez. Mark Maron again. 
Patton Oswalt in 1999 doing stand-up. Hmm. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that is early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? He was um merely doing, I think he was, he might have had like a C-level sometimes guest starring role or guest role on um that Ray Romano, Everybody Loves Raymond. I think he was like on that every once in a while or something like that. Here's a Maria Bamford in 99 and a Bill Burr. Built to Spill. The That's... Upright Citizens Brigade group in 99. So Amy Poehler might have actually been, been there. And another Louis C.K. This is wild. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Whoops. This is fascinating. Okay. The rise of his profile through the rise of the mm -hmm. ranking of musical acts. Okay, so season seven from 99 to 2000. This is when I go to college, so I stop paying attention because I, I, I don't have a TV anymore and I have to hit the books and be serious. So but so unfortunately, you miss September 28th, 1999, Sarah Michelle Geller featuring Garth Brooks. Oof. That's right. Oof. That one's on YouTube. I know that one's on YouTube. For sure. Well, no, actually, Garth Brooks is like, isn't he like crazy about deleting everything like from the Internet? I have no idea. He's on title only. You can't you can't listen to him on the other streaming services. Wow. He's like him and Jay Z are like the only people holding on. Maybe, Whoa. Maybe Jay Z even gave it up. I guess Rage Against the Machine was on Conan but didn't play. Oh. And I just... guess Dave Grohl. Oh, you yeah. Know what? Nin that's the 1999 Video Music Awards. They went on Conan to talk about how um, was it not Tom Morello, their um, bassist, climbed the stage and tried to jump off during a presentation of an award. This is a crazy moment in music history. Uh, I watched it happen live. It was nuts. He was trying to protest, you know, something. It was 99, so it wasn't the war, but. Um, actually, it might have even been protesting the person getting the award. <laughs> November 11th, 99. It appears to be this one, but oh, here they appear so they to be playing. Interesting. Maybe it's a Wikipedia area. shouting out a bunch of LA landmarks like Randy's Donuts and El Cholo Mexican Restaurant and the Bob's Big Boy. There's a Norm's Diner in the back. That's those little teardrop-shaped things in the back. So 
Okay, so I think I've mentioned that like Conan O'Brien and like like really formed my concept of like male sexuality. You know what else did? Uh, Rage Against the Machine and Deftones. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Like, there's like a like a bizarre combo in there. Oh no, I know I'm not. I always think like, oh, I'll bet. I'll bet, I'll bet dudes you have those big giant blackout sleeve, arm sleeve things. I guess it being horny lets you save a life. Or if being horny lets you be woke. I think those are good things. Yeah, that's true. That's what happened. You, yeah, think about it. What would have happened to that person laying on the ground there if you hadn't had You know, what if I had never started taking uh, life-saving emergency classes in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina because I was so afraid of a similar natural disaster happening in my own neighborhood. What if that had never happened, Brian? Yeah, I agree. And how about this, Kathy? How about this little bit that I'm about to pull up on YouTube involving... If you type in MLB... Um, oh. Well, it might actually be easier for you. MLB, I'm going to type it in too. MLB... Okay, Tom I can do it. Morello. Um, isn't there a clip? Oh, Can you see my show? They show it all the time. Oh, yeah, let me see. Let me go to your screen. Yeah, they, if you go down. Yeah, was he there for the Steve Bartman incident? Um, let's see if he pops up. So Tom Morello is a huge Cubs fan, and he was present for the Steve Bartman incident. Um, <laughs> Did I click on this one? Uh, we can go ahead and click on it. It'll explain what the Steve Bartman incident is. Yeah, go, that'll be that'll be good, because it looks like we can't just pull it up on YouTube easily. They used to air it on, like, during the commercials on uh, MLB Network. Again in the air, down the left field line. A reaching into the stand and couldn't get it, he's livid with a fan. So just off camera, they're holding a sign, is Tom Morello. That's awfully close to fan interference right there. The umpire's all over it. The umpire right down there, Mike Everett's on the play. Aaron Lou has to reach into the stands. It's fair game for the fans to catch the ball. If the fan reaches out over the field, 
then it can be ruled fan interference. That is very, very close. Is that the fan? Oh my God. On October 14th, 2003, a Chicago Cubs fan's life would change forever. On this particular day, however, it would take a turn for the worse. Because of one play, he would be shouted at, have debris thrown at him, have to be escorted out of Wrigley Field by security, later receive death threats, and end up never going to another game or showing his face publicly ever again. Before I get into this video, hit yeah. that like button. If you're new to the She's channel, the make sure hit that like and subscribe. Not much is known about this fan. Leading into the game, nobody knew who he was other than the people he knew personally. And boy, would that change. It was game six in the National League Championship Series, and the Cubs had a I'm wearing my Dodgers shirt. over the Florida Marlins. They actually had a 3 1 oh, series geez. lead and had a chance to clinch the pennant in Miami, but failed to do so as the Marlins would force the two teams to go back to Chicago. With the Cubs leading 3-0 in the 8th inning, it looked all but over for the Marlins. That is, until it all backfired. To understand the backstory of where the Cubs were at this point, talk a little bit about how they got this far in the first place. On paper, the Marlins were actually the better team with the better record, but that doesn't mean the Cubs weren't good. They won 88 games, winning the NL Central with slugger Sammy Sosa, who popped 40 home runs that year, leading the offense. They had some strong pitching as well, with an easy 2-3 punch in the starting rotation led by Carlos Sombrano, Mark Pryor, and Kerry Woods. The entire rotation had guys who individually won at least 13 games each. That's really unheard of, especially nowadays. So with the offense not being anything too crazy besides Sosa, it's safe to say that the rotation was the biggest reason as to why they were playing in October in the first place. The pitching staff as a whole led the National League in strikeouts with 1,404, which is over 100 more than any other team in all of baseball. As a division winner with the third best record in the National League, the Cubs faced the Atlanta Braves who had finished the season in a tie for the best record in the majors in a best of five games format. The Cubs would win the series in five games, winning a decisive do or die game in Atlanta to move on and face the Marlins. The Marlins would take game one in Chicago, but the Cubs would rebound in a big way by winning games two, three, and four, taking a commanding 3-1 series lead into game five. And after losing game five, they'd go back to Wrigley to try and win the pennant at home. After an RBI single by Sammy Sosa, a wild pitch by Dontrell Willis, an RBI single by Mark Grutzianilek, and a strong pitching performance by Mark Pryor, the Cubs would take a 3-0 lead into the eighth inning. Mike Mordecai, leading off the inning for the Marlins, would pop up to left into the glove of Moises Alou. The Cubs were five outs away from moving on to the World Series. Center fielder Juan Pierre then hit a one-out double up prior, giving the Marlins something to try and rally around. The next hitter up, Luis Castillo, would work the count to seven pitches, and on the eighth pitch of the at-bat, he'd pop it up to foul territory in left field. Moises Alou would head toward the stands to catch the ball for the potential second out of the inning. It wasn't a routine play by any means, but I think it's pretty safe to say that he was going to make the play. Alou would leap up and stick his glove out only to have the ball go in and out of his glove. Things slowly started to go downhill for not only the Cubs, but for the very Oof. fan who reached out to grab the baseball, interfering with the play. Though the Cubs pleaded for a call of fan interference, left field umpire Mike Everett ruled that the ball had left the field of play and was therefore up for grabs. So therefore, Luis Castillo remained up to bat, and on the next pitch, he draw a walk on a wild pitch that moved Pierre over to third base. Ivan Pudge Rodriguez would take an 0-2 pitch from Pryor into left field, making it a 3-1 ball game. 
Miguel Cabrera then hit a ground ball to the shortstop Alex Gonzalez, which could have very well ended the inning on a double play. Instead, it turned into an error and everyone was safe. On the next pitch, Derek Lee would drill a double in the left field, scoring Castillo and Rodriguez to tie the game at three. This was when the floodgates opened. The Marlins would go on to score eight runs that inning, winning the game and forcing a game I started off this video by talking about a normal fan who was attending game six, not knowing that his entire life was about to change by doing so. That man's name was Steve Bartman, and he was the one that knocked the ball out of Moises Alou's glove. In the moments following the play, Cubs fans shouted insults and threw debris at Bartman, with someone even dumping a can of beer on him. For his safety, security was forced to escort him from the ballpark, and minutes after the game, his name and personal information were published online, making it <gasps> necessary for police protection to be at his home. He faced further harassment from fans in the media after the Cubs lost in the series as he was scapegoated for the continuation of the team's championship draw that went as long as over nine decades at the time. Martin <gasps> apologized for the incident and stated his desire to move past it and return to a quiet life, with many Cubs players coming to his defense emphasizing that their performance was to blame for their loss. Trying to maintain a low profile, Bartman declined interviews, endorsement deals, and requests for public appearances. Wow. And the Marlins tried to give him like a gift as like a thank Wait. you, and he like denied it. Bartman declined many things, including a $25,000 offer to autograph a picture of himself at the National Sports Collectors Convention in Rosemont, saying no to appearing as a VIP at Wrigley Field, as well as turning down an appearance in an ESPN documentary while also declining a six-figure offer to appear in a Super Bowl commercial during 2011. During the 2016 Cubs season, Bartman received renewed media attention as the Cubs progressed through the playoffs. On Saturday, October 22nd, 2016, the Cubs were again at home with a 3-2 lead in Game 6 of the NLCS, just like the 2003 NLCS game. But instead <laughs> of the Marlins, the this time it was against the Dodgers. The Cubs ended up winning the National League Championship Series and ending the curse of the Billy Go. After winning the pennant, many Cubs fans petitioned for the team to allow Bartman to throw out a first pitch during the 2016 World Cup. been something to behold. Bartman's spokesman, Frank Murtha, told CNN that Bartman did not want to be in the spotlight and that there is, and I quote, probably a slim, none, and no chance that Bartman would agree to throw out a first pitch. On November 2nd, 2016, the Chicago Cubs won the World Series for the first time since 1908. Through Murtha, Bartman congratulated the Cubs on the World Series championship, and Murtha said Bartman was just as overjoyed that the Cubs won as all the fans were. Further, when calls were made for Bartman to be a part of the victory parade or other similar ideas, Murtha then said that the one thing that Steve and I did talk about was if the Cubs were to win. He did not want to be a distraction to the accomplishments of the players and the organization. Bartman received a championship ring from Cubs owner Tom Ricketts Aww. and the Ricketts family as a special gift on July 31st, 2017. The Cubs said in a statement, we hope this provides closure on an unfortunate chapter of the story that is perpetuated throughout our quest to win a long-awaited World Series. Although I do not consider myself worthy of such honor, I am deeply moved and sincerely grateful to receive an official Chicago Cubs 2016 World Series championship ring, Bartman said. I am fully aware of the historical significance. I appreciate the symbolism the ring represents on multiple levels. My family and I will cherish it for generations. Most meaningful is the genuine outreach from the Ricketts family on behalf of the Cubs organization and fans, signifying to me that I am welcome back into the Cubs family and I have their support going forward. I am relieved and hopeful that the saga of the 2003 foul ball incident surrounding my family and me is finally over.
Steve Bartman started off as a normal guy nobody really knew about, to a That's public figure funny. with seemingly a blink of an eye. He went from hated to now someone who is beloved by most Cubs fans as the ones who were there for 2003 are forgiving of what went down that night. The story of what happened that night what followed suit will forever be a disturbing sequence of events. However, it's good to know that there is some closure on the situation and that Bartman will forever be mostly at peace now because of the Cubs' recent World Series championship, which officially broke the curse of the Billy Goat. To this day, Bartman has still never been seen publicly and might never again. From death threats to a World Series ring, this was the tragedy of Steve Bartman. Damn. Wow. Thank you, YouTube wow. author. <coughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah, talk about reality issues. Yeah. And you're just trying to like have a fun time and go to this like postseason game. And yeah, that's why you keep your hands, you know, fans know that now all because of this incident. But God, he just wanted to catch like, a, you know, a home run. Actually, a foul ball, but still. Mm -hmm. It's even worse. Well, Brian, <laughs> I don't know how to close it out. Maybe, uh, I'm gonna prepare a song. Maybe maybe it's that let it go song. Let's see. Let the ball go. You know, we actually mentioned a, a song earlier here. Let's see if I can Yeah, I couldn't think. I mean The height of 90s cool. Say it whenever. 
That's that. Yeah, it's a classic song, a classic uh, karaoke tune. Perhaps you carry. Well, Brian. Yes. What are your What are your plans for the rest of the day? That's a great uh, question. I think I think um, I might start editing the first episode, but also um, I don't know. I kind of want to watch some spooky movies, so I might start just. I kind of want to start with Hellraiser two. Ooh do that because i've been thinking about it for a long time or halloween as well. <laughs> halloween because it's really short and i feel like i can just stick that into anywhere um but yeah i don't know and then well might, uh that's that's what i'm thinking about right now i think something very different than what i've been doing all week okay well after we give the dog a bath i want to bake halloween cookies oh and tyler wants to play gta online oh, okay so. cool well i'm i'm yeah I'm, I'm available that's interesting okay cool keep an eye out you have his name or whatever right yeah, i don't we're, know we're, how to... we're connected online yeah I, I, I think you all know how to do... i don't know how to... i'm still cool. like wait what i'm gonna make some cookies <laughs> no that's great though yeah okay well i'll be online well 
well friend go uh go go snuggle the dog because that's what i would go do yeah i'm gonna go figure out what uh has actually been bothering her for the last hour and yeah. we'll see goodbye kathy love you bye Destination